I was thinking the other day about who might be the most overdramatic person in human history. Okay. Who might it be? Because I think it very well might be the guy that was like in charge of naming the animals one day when they okay. discovered the Gila monster. <laughs> He's like, it's it's a monster! <laughs> Look at it! It's all okay. small and scaly. It's Get it away from me! Right. Have you seen a Gila monster? Like, they're not that bad. No, right? no, they're not. They're not. But, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, what was going on that? Was that just... <laughs> What what if he was on shrooms that day? <laughs> Maybe that was the deal, right? That was it. Yeah, he was microdosing that day, and he was like, "What the fuck?" Ah! <laughs> and that's why next, whenever they they roll in a cheetah, and they're like, "All right, Frank, what are we gonna name this one?" He's like, "Oh, it's a it's a spotty, creepy cat. Get it out of here. <laughs> it's probably a cheetah. <laughs> Don't play a game with that." <laughs> Maybe they bring in like an owl and they're like, all right, what are we going to call this one? It's a, it's a screechy nightmare bird. It's too much. <laughs> this guy's having a rough one. It's He's just tough. so overdramatic about everything. Yeah. <laughs> right, maybe we try some aquatic life. Maybe it'll cool him down a little bit. All right, what do we got to name this one? It's a squid. He's like, it's a <laughs> inky abomination. Oh, not wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> okay. He's actually kind of nailed that one. <laughs> Tastes great when you fry it. Oh, definitely. So, man, little marinara and a wedge of lemon on the side. Come Ooh, on. You're going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely a better time than that overdramatic dude <laughs> yes. that was in charge of naming the Gila monster. <laughs> I guess came in on PCP that day. Yep. <laughs> if you could make a Gila monster talk, what do you think it would say? Would it be like, what the fuck did I ever do to you guys? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Monster? I think that. Yeah. Monster. Like, I'm just out here in the fucking desert. Like I'm nowhere near you most of the time. Yeah. Minding my own Gila business. Okay. <laughs> he accepts the Gila part. Gila yeah, is sure. cool. Yeah, should have called me like Gila Cool Dude or something. I think he'd be like, you know what? I'd call you fucking uh, Pinky McAssface. How about that? <laughs> Listen, that's fair though. Pinky also McAssface. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. One day, maybe we will know, but for now, we're going to be tucking into the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, the ultimate horror movie review podcast that you listen to on a weekly basis. Here with the host with the most, it's me, your weekly basis buddy, Ben. And me, uh, whatever you just said, plus me, Steve. And that one, Steve. (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense. I I zoned out for like half a second while you were talking. I was like, oh, shit. What did he just say? How do what? I match Where it? Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> We're here today to be talking about, um, yeah, the naming of animals as well yeah, as zombie land dose dooblytup. Uh-huh. That's right. Dooblytup. Dooblytup. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want to get straight on to the part of the show where we flap our gums about that one, there's a timestamp for you in the podcast description, but you're going to miss hanging out with your boys That's and us. having ourselves a good old chin wag and stuff, so... Don't uh, skip out on the fun. Stick around. Take off them socks and shoes once more and mm-hmm. hang out with us here for a minute. How you been this week, dude? Uh, good, good. A uh, little, little bit stressed because we, uh, we got a wedding we're going to uh, next week. Well, this week uh, in, in a couple days. Um, and 
boy, uh, <laughs> let me tell you, cross-country flights, when I was a young man, it was like, ah, whatever, just sit on a plane. Now that I'm an older man, it's like, good God, how long do I have sit to sit on, on this plane? fucking plane? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we've been, we've been finding a place to board Salem, found a place, it's great, she seems to like it. Uh, other than that, though, uh, got to hang out with... Uh, Rudy Rockmore, he is a blast. Had a good time with him and his friends at um, uh, a, I guess it was supposed to be like a, an English pub, wasn't it? Oh, oh, it's an English pub. Did you get to strut around that fancy British accent that you keep in your back pocket, Mike? I didn't. Nobody there seemed British, so I didn't Aww. want to pull it out. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, though, is if no yeah. one there was British, you could have done it completely smooth, and nobody everybody would have, known. Would have thought, "Oh, hey, yeah. there's a Brit here. Cool. They you said, want a free oh, fish and chips from across or the pond. Oh, <laughs> well, what school did you go to, Governor? <laughs> Maybe they would have said that. Were, were you in the House of Tufts? Man, fucking, I'm so mad at myself right now that Why? like my my rock star name is not Rudy Rockmore because God damn it, that is the best fake no, yeah, rock star name I've ever heard. Like, didn't he like play drums for Poison or something? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Rudy Rockmore used to play drums for Poison, I believe. Yeah, they kicked him out for rocking too hard. <laughs> it happens. It happens. I tell you what, man. Did you have a pint of ale down there at the old pub? Yeah, I had, I had, I had a pint of bitters, didn't I? Um, oh. I don't remember what it was. It was, uh, it was, a, it was a delicious uh, local brew, though. Tasty. Uh, the fish and chips smelled great. Uh, just wasn't hungry in the moment. But the weather here in Portland for the past like four or five days has been amazing. Uh, oh, my good. God, dude. Just summer style weather. Just no rain, sun feeling nice we had to turn on the ac even it was Ooh. dope uh now it's back to kind of spring weather but uh i it, it's got me excited for for summer so I, i'm i'm really stoked for the weather to get nicer and uh, to get get out on some of these trails start hiking around here because it is gorgeous yeah go out there and meet some ants and stuff man find a trail yeah. straight to mordor mm-hmm. and get your ass to melting that dang old rang huh i bet i will meet some ents i sure i just i'm i'm sure they go hiking all the time like hey buddy <laughs> need your ear nose or throat checked out while i walk along this trail <laughs> no 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 the tree people no? god damn it <laughs> oh the tree people oh yeah like the people who live in trees Right? No. Is that like avatars? No. Them avatars? <laughs> yeah, it's like the avatars. Yeah. You're oh, okay, right. good. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for it though. What have you been up to? Man, it's been a pretty busy week over here. I was kind of rounding up my list of stuff that I've been watching on this week, and I'm like, damn, ain't a lot. Uh, oh, partially yeah. because I've been on this like super hot streak of being mega turbo inspired and writing a whole bunch of music, which has been oh, making okay. me extremely satisfied way deep That's down awesome. in my plums i just feel the happiness that comes yeah. from mashing them ropes and recording them little squiggly lines on the computer you know what i'm talking oh, about oh yeah yeah no i love to see the squiggly lines that means you're doing something yeah, yeah, you get the big yep. squigglies, it means you're doing it a lot. So yeah, I've been yeah, laying down the, the big like, squiggles. Wee, wee, wee. Some of those, uh-huh. right? A little bit of that. Uh-huh. I've been laying them down, man. It's been really, really great. I've just had this sudden surge of of inspiration kind of coming my way. Awesome. And I'm just trying to ride that wave as much as I can. And you know what? This is going to be a little musical talk here for a second because oh, I, I believe some of my, my most loyal 
uh, and lovely constituents listen to this show right here. Because okay. I don't know, man. I've I've had all these different thoughts about you know a musical project. What would the what what would the Ben Eller fucking project be like? And you know, my intent for the past year or so has been to write like, okay, I need to do my instrumental guitar guy album with all the cool guitar playing and shredding on it and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I, I love the works of Joe Satriani and Steve Vai and all that kind of right. jazz. I've always felt really attached to that kind of music. But the music that I've just been sitting down and writing has just been stuff that I'm like, this needs a great singer on it. This needs really kick-ass vocal melodies on top of this. It's been a lot of like really... Oh. Mostly like really dark rock kind of stuff, a little progressive, but uh, I love big ass riffs and catchy songs. Yeah, so it's yeah, been a lot of that too. kind of stuff, and that's awesome. Yeah, I'm really really excited about it. But like I said, I've kind of had this like conflict where I'm like, well, will people care? Do people want to hear something with vocals on it? Do people just want to hear shredding? And then I'm like, <laughs> why do I care? Why right? would I care? But also, you just ask the question, do people want to hear music with vocals? Exactly. <laughs> right? I know. I know. But like from a yes, guitar guy, do. you know? Because the thing uh, is, is I, okay. I think I'm just in my head because it's like, okay, people know me. Anybody that knows me knows me as like guitar guy and shit. And I mean, right, whenever yeah. you buy like, I don't know, you know, uh, a, a record by your favorite guitar hero and there's like five songs where they sing on it, you're usually just kind of like, oh, I skip these songs or just listen to the solo and that's right. all that I care about or whatever. I don't know that I'll be singing on all this stuff. I might even, um, you know, call in some of my extremely talented vocalist friends I, I was that can say, do it much better know? than me. Maybe a couple people that can yeah, like, I know sing a couple a two tree yeah. that can sing a word. <laughs> They'll sing in that can real hot and make yeah. it sound much better than I would. <laughs> exactly. Like, there you go. I, I don't know. I guess kind of the 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 crisis I've been in. It's not really a crisis, but the, the argument I've been having with myself is like, you know, am, am I trying to? live up to what people's guitar player identity of me would be or do I just care about making really fucking good music and at the end of the day it's like all that I really want to do is put out fantastic tunes that's awesome um, that's what yeah, I would maybe say later there'll be some yeah. yeah you know it's like and I've written a lot of instrumental guitar stuff and that's a thing that will definitely happen too but I've always been a real slave to just gravitating towards wherever my interests are going at that moment yeah. that has never failed me you know yeah, it's not and, a bad idea. Uh, so I'm just kind of trying to ride that wave. It's like I'm, I'm writing these tunes, and most of them are turning out to be things that need vocals, and I think I'm just going to fucking do it. I mean, it's not like there's some kind of, you know, monetary carrot dangling at the end of a string anymore for the music right. biz. I mean, dudes that I know that are in major touring bands are barely not being in the hole after huge tours. I mean, the, the touring right. music industry right now is fucked, and obviously... Streaming services don't pay shit either. So it's not even like right. I'm chasing like, oh man, if they're singing on it, maybe nobody will buy my CD at FYE. Like, what the fuck model is that anyway? Who cares? Right. Yeah, it's stupid. I mean, the Writers Guild is striking about this very same thing. I mean, that yes, streaming has yes. basically taken away the monetary incentive of creating. And, and and it sucks because, you know, we're in a, we're in a period where some of the best television ever made is being made and those writers aren't getting paid it's insane right right yeah uh it it almost seems like we'll just fucking burn the whole industry down like do whatever Mm -hmm. you want to do with it because fuck them people (laughs) like all they were doing was sucking money out of you in the first place anyway right make the album you want to make 
that's kind of the weird thing about the way the entire you know music and production industry has has gone over the past decade or so is because with streaming and you know with even people uploading so many live videos to YouTube and stuff like there's just so much less money to ever be made in actually selling music, but yeah. also because of the advent of amazing home studio equipment like what myself and so many other people have it also doesn't really cost anything to make music anymore so it's like right fuck it put whatever out it's not going to put you in the hole to do it just make whatever you want to and if people like it they like it and if not you get another chance the next time you write a fucking song you know yeah and i mean the the patreon model uh you know which just goes back to the old idea of of patrons providing for the arts uh, it seems to work out for a lot of artists, right? For sure, man. No, yeah, it's so been like, a massive support for if, me. My fan base yeah, has been incredibly supportive on exactly. Patreon, and it's so, been a huge help. If you're getting massively supported by people for doing what you do, if you do the thing you want to do, I guarantee they're just going to keep supporting it. And that's Maybe the keep doing much, it, yeah. That's a much better model than the old school, like... Good God, they had way too much input into mm-hmm. what musicians were making. They were like, here's, oh, oh, here's an awesome album. We love what you do. Okay, now never do that again and do what we want you to do. <laughs> like, fuck right. that. That's that so last stupid. song you did was good. Make a whole album of just that yeah, so that everybody gets sick shit. of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No, you're I right, think, though, because even, yeah. even like with Patreon and even, you know, our show benefits from Patreon and stuff, too. Like, Absolutely. It's like yes, there is still a a second party that is getting a chunk of our earnings. Yeah, off of that. I know it sucks, but, but yeah, but but at the same time, it's like they're also not telling us how to do our stuff un- unless right. we were doing our stuff, being like, you know, it's great white supremacy. Then they right. then they'll shut you down because <laughs> well, well it's their platform not, and they can. We're never and you're an going asshole. to be that. So. No, yeah. no. But here's the thing, though, because even if I try this thing out and I write all these tunes and get some great singers on them and stuff and it just blows up in my face, my buddy Josh and I came up with a a foolproof plan, and there's two different ways we can spin this, okay? All right, let's hear it. Now, the idea is to combine, you know, one of the greatest old-school, just fun, hard-rocking bands of our lifetimes, the Black Crows... Okay. With the works of the old masters. Okay. Now right. this could this could either mean you get a chamber orchestra to perform Black Crows songs, or it's the Black Crows laying down some of your favorite old school classical hits in a new okay. project that's called Hard to Handle. <laughs> <laughs> so either what? way, I'm covered. Hard to handle. I love it. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear this. You know, <laughs> it's going to be a hit. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, just been enjoying some creative stuff here lately, man. It's been really, really wonderful to lay down some tunes. And I'm very excited to share them with everybody. We have watched a couple of things. Kate and I went and saw, <clears throat> you hear my voice getting all gravelly right now? It's cool yeah. sound, right? Yeah. Getting super That's some- fucking cool. Yeah, it's like, oh man, Kate and I went and watched some gritty ass shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we uh we went and watched Bo is Afraid, the new Ari Aster uh-huh. movie, which uh, mm-hmm. you know, just based on director alone, I know a lot of horror fans and stuff were super interested to hear about. We did a, a mini sode on it that came out last week. Right. Spoiler free at first, get spoilery later on. Go man, it's it it is it is a movie. It is really strange. I really want you to watch this fucking movie so I can see your take yeah. on it, dude. Yeah, no, I, I I do want to see it, and um, I might take the opportunity. And I mean, you know, we're we're busy this 
this week with the wedding, but next week might take the opportunity to just go sit down for three hours and watch it. Because, yeah, I I have heard that uh, people are disappointed or just bewildered by what's going on, but uh, I'm interested. (laughs) I'm more interested, honestly, by the fact that people are bewildered. I'm telling you, man. Like, I don't know if you got the chance to to skim through the uh, the mini so that we did, but if I was going to give a one sentence review to sum up right. exactly what you should expect out of this movie, it is: imagine Charlie Kaufman directed The Jerk. That's it. Okay, that's what that fucking movie is. Okay, all right. I will. I'll go into it with that idea that yeah. Charlie Kaufman directed The Jerk. Okay. You'll know what I mean when you see it. You'll fucking know what I mean. It is really strange. But at the same time, you know, I'll, I'll say the same thing that I said after I watched um, Nope. Which, or, Sorry, not Nope. Uh-huh. Um, what's the second Jordan Peele movie? Fucking uh, Us. Us, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, like, I didn't, I didn't love it, but I'm still like, oh, you've already got my ass in a seat for the next movie you put out. Because even though I didn't particularly love this one movie, his style and his entire aesthetic and everything that he does is still so fucking fascinating that he's got okay. me, you know? Awesome. Yeah. I'm interested. It's I'll something, definitely man. go check it out. Yep. Dude, we watched one of the fucking best movies of 2022. A bunch of people had told me about it and hyped it up, and we finally got around to watching the cinematic odyssey that seriously did blow my hair back way more than I was anticipating, known as Puss in Boots 2. Yeah, yeah. I I talked about it a few weeks ago. It's great. Holy shit. Why did they go so hard on this movie that's a sequel to a Shrek spinoff. It's incredible. Um, yeah, the animation is awesome. The, Beautiful. I mean, the, sto- the story is is uh, solid. I wouldn't say it's like outrageous or amazing, but it does it does a good job. It's better than than your average uh, throwaway cartoon. Um, but oh, the, the animation is just so awesome. And, you know, fucking Perito, goddamn. So oh, cute. my God, dude. Little Perito is basically turkey. Like, he is just <laughs> he's just like our little turkey boy, man. So uh-huh. fucking adorable. It was yeah. really funny. Like you said, the animation is insane. They clearly, yeah. clearly took a hard look at, like, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, and they were like, oh, these guys know what the fuck is up. These guys know how to keep animation uh-huh. interesting. And I, I love that they didn't feel obligated to stick to the you know the shrek animation style which we right. seen for like yeah. four or five movies of i guess like right. and like i think it was a month and a half ago kate and i tried to watch the first puss in boots just so we could watch this one because we heard it was right. so good uh-huh. i think we watched about half of it and we got interrupted and then i think we just never finished it it was just kind of whatever it's not really that good yeah i haven't at seen all. it i i didn't even think about watching it to watch when people were talking about Puss in Boots the last which is like I mean it's probably for seven year olds so it's not like they expect you to remember anything right totally <laughs> so, but man. I've heard the same that it's just not it's it's not that good no it's not like the the animation feels really cheap like it looks and feels very much like a you know straight to VHS or straight to TV Ooh. you know wow. side side sequel kind of thing to a beloved franchise it just really okay. wasn't that great so I didn't know what to expect out of this. I definitely didn't anticipate like so many references to like the good, the bad, and the ugly, and right. like so much, dude. So much of the fight scenes looked like uh, like shit from like Soul Caliber, 
Uh-huh. All the sick weapons-based combat and all this, like really all these cool. crazy, yeah. fucking yeah, lights and spectacles and God, dude, it was fucking awesome. Yep, yeah, I had a blast with it. Really, really good. And I think the mm-hmm. only other thing of note that we watched this week is um, a video that you know, if you guys have been listening to the show here for a while, you know that um, I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. Um, always have been, and he's a just seems like a really genuine, fucking cool ass guy. He made a post on his uh, Instagram feed about why he hasn't been posting a lot for the past month or so, and it's because he checked himself into a uh, mental health facility. He had uh-huh. kind of a full on like dissociative uh, event and got himself some help. Thank God. And he did a video. I think it's actually on like the is it the People Magazine YouTube channel? I believe so. Yeah. You know, which is not something I I frequent exactly, but (laughs) uh, it's called like Kevin Smith trauma is trauma. I highly, highly, highly recommend checking Mm -hmm. it out. It is extremely fantastic, especially if you've ever dealt with any sort of traumatic event um, in your past or your present or whatever that has stuck with you. He puts things in a way that I think is very easy to understand and very easy to... I don't know, man. Like the stuff that he was talking about where he's just like, you have a traumatic event and you're like, well, compared to this other person, it wasn't that bad. But to your right. brain, as it says in the title, trauma is trauma. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of stuff that he talked about in there that really hit very, very, very close to home, man. Like around yeah. around fall of 2021, um, mm-hmm. I had I had a very very similar event not brought a lot about by the same circumstances or anything as right. kevin uh but i i had a i don't know i mean you could probably say borderline dissociative event in my own life where i okay. i needed to get the fuck away i had a vacation in in the fall of 2021 that that saved my life for sure honestly yeah i needed to be forced to drop everything and walk away because yeah i was losing my fucking mind i was uh uh-huh out of my fucking mind. So hearing Kevin talk about this stuff um, made me kind of deal with my own event and uh, think about it from this side of things and see that other people have been there. And it was it was a really, really, really great watch. I strongly recommend everybody check it out, even if you're not a Kevin Smith fan or whatever. If you're a human being, yeah. it's worth checking out. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it's, it's definitely one of those things where we are always comparing our own experiences and some people of course are much more self-centered and egotistical and are always going to put their own trauma ahead of other people but it it can be a detriment to not ever put your trauma anywhere on the table (laughs) like to always be pushing it down to always be uh saying you know everyone else has it worse than me or whatever like you gotta still deal with stuff you still have to get stuff out and 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 really uh exercise it from your system really recognize what effect it's had on you and 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 try to move forward in some way uh yeah i uh, that's definitely worth checking out i I was glad you sent it to me i I gave it a watch kevin smith yeah he is a good dude yep a one human being right there so that was probably I, i think one of the highlights of anything that i've seen in the past couple months honestly so yeah go on yeah. to youtube check that one out man that's about all that i've been watching though what about you well uh to to transition uh, uh kevin smith wise Ooh, um, yeah <laughs> anna has continued her her watch of the jay and silent bob uh kevin smith movies 
Hell uh, yeah. With Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. My favorite. Which, uh, yeah, it, it's a blast. It's really fun. Had a fun time with it. Um, I hadn't seen it probably in forever. Uh, I saw it in theaters back in the day and wow. was, you know, way super excited and loved it. Uh, and, and probably watched it uh, several more times after that, but I haven't seen it in I don't know how long. Um, and yeah, it really held up. I, I thought it was still fun, funny, uh, good time. And uh, yeah, uh, and I also liked it. I think she said it was her, her favorite uh, Kevin Smith movie she's seen so far. So I get it. It's a total yeah. blast. It is a Saturday afternoon fucking adult Saturday morning cartoon movie. <laughs> That's what it yeah. is. Yeah, because it, it is ridiculous. She was uh, super excited uh, and, and had not heard because Anna's a huge Scream fan. Scream is like her favorite horror franchise. And uh, there's the se- section in there with Wes Craven and they're filming oh, yeah. like a, a supposedly a Scream movie. And she had never even heard about that. She was super excited whenever she saw Wes Craven. Uh, so, yeah, that was fun. Uh, we also have begun, because uh, next Hellrankers we're doing is, we said we were doing Batman movies. And then we had to sit down and figure out what that meant, because mm. there are so many Batman movies, especially oh, animated yeah. ones. Oh um, well, yeah, especially then, with the new DCU stuff, man. Right, I mean, they've yeah. done a fucking Killing Joke. They've done Long Halloween. There's so many of those new ones. Right, and then also there's all the Snyder movies with Batman in them, and then the Suicide right. Squad that he makes. And it's like, okay, wait, are we going to do all of these movies? Uh, so no, it, what we decided was we were going to do the titular Batman movies that came out in theater. So mm, okay, that, all right. So no mask means, of the phantasm. No, we are doing mask of the phantasm because oh, that came Is out that in theaters? theaters. Yeah, a mask. Three three animated movies have come out in theaters. So we will be doing mask of the phantasm, the killing joke, and I think the other one is caped crusaders, which I, I had never I even heard of. That never um, came out in theaters. That's so weird. Yeah, it, it just had Old a limited school. run. Yeah, mm. it's okay. <laughs> well, I wouldn't have known that either. I, we were doing the research, and so I was finding out which ones actually had theatrical runs. So uh, that that means we're we're still doing the Nolan movies, even though Batman's only in one of the titles. Each one of them is titrally about Batman. Sure. Uh, but then when it comes to the Snyder movies, there's only one that has Batman in the title. And then to do Justice League without having done all the other movies kind of doesn't make sense. So we're only doing Batman versus Superman of the Snyder movies. But oh, that man. still gives us enough. Like that way we we will have seen every actor who has played Batman in films and we'll be able to judge like which is the best Batman. And of course, since Batman Mask of the Phantasm is included, <laughs> we know who the best Batman is, right? That's right. Right? right? Yep. Yes, we that's do. Right. And the best Joker. Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, that's some pretty stiff competition, you know? It is. Yeah, actually, yeah. I don't know if Heath Ledger or Mark Hamill would get it, but Mark Hamill did such a fucking amazing job throughout the entire animated run. Hell yeah. They did, yeah. So good. Anyway, so yeah, I'm, I'm stoked on that. So we watched the first Batman theatrically released movie, and it is Batman 1966. It is the... The the old school sixties Batman in between season one and two they released a theatrical film because this wow. show was so fucking popular. Didn't know this. It was the most expensive show on television when it was made. 
crazy no shit well you had to buy yep. all that fucking white shoe polish to cover up the damn joker's mustache i guess right sid caesar or whatever <laughs> caesar romero yes caesar romero uh, that's it yes. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, yeah he's so good though like the thing is batman 1966 i didn't know what i was getting into because i had seen the show some as a kid and it was always like oh this is silly and campy and full of innuendo or whatever it's a blast go check out batman 1966 so many aquatic animals uh, die in explosions. Uh, <laughs> there's a shark that grabs onto Batman's leg and gets pulled up into the air and just won't let go. It, there's all sorts of great, silly, ridiculous nonsense in that movie. Such a fun time. And if you do know that uh, Adam West and Burt Ward were getting laid like crazy, like they were having sex in between <laughs> takes and stuff. Holy uh, it really, shit. Yeah, it really changes the perspective of what that show is about because Batman in that show is like, he's like, he doesn't, he drinks milk for dinner. Like he's, he's like the ultimate, like American male type of like super, like, I don't know how to explain it. I guess like super straight laced would be the way to say it. The super straightest Batman. Uh, and it's, it's all clearly, playing like making fun of that it's all clearly making fun of that especially when you know the man playing it in between takes is going to nail some fan of the show you think in between takes he was like little chum you better go and grab the bat lube (laughs) (laughs) grab the the bat plug little little chum (laughs) yes little chum (laughs) i mean i guess robin though you know the fucking no pants it's just easier access yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, if you uh, you watch it, you can see Adam West's, uh, Burt Ward's, and Frank Gorshin, who played Riddler's, like, packages. And like, Yeah, dude, Rob, Robin was, was hauling a piece back yeah, in the day, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, like, listen, if you accentuate the dick, if you put a frame around the dick, guess what people are paying attention to? The dick. So yeah. <laughs> they they did, and it got them laid a lot. Uh, <laughs> Little chum, have you been spending a lot of time robbing the ladies of their maidenhood? <laughs> oh, Adam West. Huh? Huh? <laughs> His so, words, yeah. not mine. Batman 1966, so awesome. Go check it out. It's on HBO Max. Um, we watched a movie called Gravy, which is directed by... Um, uh, fucking James Rodé Rodriguez, who plays Sean in Psych, which is a show that we just watched all the way through. Then we found out he made this horror movie back in the day that had a lot of actors from Psych in it. Um, and we watched it, and it was fun. It was funny. Uh, uneven. Like, the, the pacing was a little bit off, but when the funny stuff was happening, it was very funny. But it was also very, like, gross and, like, practical effecty and... It was fun. Interesting. It's about cannibals. I don't want to say too much. Oh, but. okay. Now, see, whenever you said it was a, a horror movie named Gravy, I was imagining it was like uh, a British uh, zombie film. And they're like, oh, yeah, have you seen old Pete? He's gone a bit gravy, hasn't he? <laughs> He's down there in the doldrums in a grave, I say. Gone uh. a bit gravy. I love <laughs> He's gone a bit gravy, hasn't he? <laughs> That is anybody out there who's any British filmmaker who is currently like, I'm going to make a zombie movie. Gravy. Please include there that line. Go. Please include that line. <laughs> He's gone a bit gravy. He's gone a bit gravy. <laughs> <laughs> Tight. 
Um, we watched Super Bad. Uh, yeah, dude, I still good. It. I hadn't seen it in forever. Still good. It is. Uh, it definitely holds up. It's, um, you know, like uh, as we were watching it, Anna, who was homeschooled, much like you, uh, she did ask me like, "Is high school really like this?" And I had to think, and I, it was like, "Yeah, actually, Super Bad is probably the most accurate rendition." Of high school, of the movies that came out in that like late nineties through mid two thousands, like teenage. My God, man! Party. If I movie. had like a dollar for every time I have asked my wife, "Is this what public school is really like?" <laughs> oh my God, dude! I'd be a damn yeah. trillionaire by now. <laughs> well, why? Who, why is not no one giving out dollars for that? I can I ask know, that right? question too. I should start a service. I should get Sarah McLaughlin to sing a song. <laughs> In I'll explain. I don't know what it was like to go to school. I have to constantly ask my wife if this was what school was really like. Whenever I see the jocks and the preppies in the halls, and there was school dances and stuff about losing your virginity being such a big deal. Was it really like this? Give me your money. Listen to the fucking song already. Give me your money. Wait, what's going on? <laughs> anyway, so we went and saw Renfield. Oh, tight, dude. I loved yeah. it. I, I had a great it time. It's just 90 minutes of gory horror yeah. comedy fun yeah, to yeah. me. Yeah, it was fun. Um, uh, uh, you know, uh, Nick Cage, great. Uh, I like that, I like that uh, Nicholas Holt it seems dedicated to weird roles. I like that. Um it's it's got you know like the comedy segments were really good the gore segments were the best comedy i would say mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and it's clear they meant meant that to happen like the gore is is comedic it's funny uh it's cgi but the cgi i guess makes it funnier like it doesn't look yeah. real at all yes, but it looks exactly. like it looks like uh, a fighting game it looks like mortal Kombat specifically because they do an x-ray fatality even which is is cool i was i was happy oh, they, to see it. they leaned all the way into it you're right i think making it yeah very cgi gore rather than being like we're gonna try to make you barf in the theater made it funnier to me yeah yeah no i, I had a good time with it and uh yeah you, you know the 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 comedy was largely the the gore i think a lot a lot of there was some other you know funny stuff going on ben schwartz as as the bad guy etc but the the comedy really did lean a lot on the gore and i liked that uh then like i guess the next day for some reason seeing nicholas holt playing a ridiculous undead character made it me want to watch nicholas holt play a ridiculous undead character again so we watched warm bodies which mm, is never seen uh, it. Oh, it's a zom rom com where <laughs> you got a zombie who falls in love with a non zombie. Mm. Yeah, so it's 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 fun. I mean, it's not groundbreaking or anything, but it's not trying to be because it's a rom com. So I, I recommend it if you like rom coms or you like zombies. There you go. I do. All, All right. right. <laughs> My problem uh, with romantic comedies is everyone is too alive in them. Like, ew. yeah. That is often an issue, right? You're like, oh my god, Catherine Heigl's still alive? Fuck. Oh, I'd be more interested in <laughs> Harry meeting Sally if it was at her funeral. Oh, in life you in wanted life. Harry to meet Sally. <laughs> <laughs> this is more big necro buying time on our show right. again, for sure, by the way. 
Uh, also, uh, since we just seen Nick Cage in in Renfield, why why not just watch him in Mom and Dad as well? Dude, which that movie flew under the radar, man. I swear. Yep. I know so few people that have watched that movie, but it is a blast. I really like that movie. Yeah, okay, so. Did, I, I don't know if we talked about this, because I know we both talked about it because we watched it back in the day, but we haven't yeah, actually done ago. it on the show. Mm-mm. Did you realize that the director of Mom and Dad is one half of Neville Dean and Taylor, the directors of Crank and Crank 2 High Voltage? No shit. Yeah. Huh. So, that was fun. Yeah. I could see uh, that. Very nice. Um, We also, uh, Anna has been watching the Insidious movies. And I, I sat in for Insidious two and Insidious three. I don't think I've ever uh, seen I didn't. I didn't love that first one. We did that on the show a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, and I'm not a big fan. Are the sequels any better? But I mean, I think part two's the best installment. Um, okay. Part three is where Lee Wanell takes over as director, and you can tell there's a visual difference, but it's also good. I, I like three. We're gonna watch four soon. Um, I don't remember. Uh, loving for, but you know, not big deal. One mm. and two, I think, are are solid, and and I enjoy. It. And three is is okay, uh, and maybe I'll enjoy four more second time around. But you know, whatever, they're they're solid. Lynch kicks ass. Um, mm. and then we also watched uh, Ouija Origin of Evil, which is the the Mike Flanagan sequel to that terrible Ouija movie, which yeah, yeah. is just horrendous. It's so bad. Uh, but Ouija Origin of Evil is okay. It's uh, f- all right. It's fine. <laughs> it 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 feels like a Mike Flanagan movie for sure. Okay. All right. As his wife is in it, and and uh, other lady who's in a bunch of his stuff. Pretty brunette women all infest yep. in a movie. Must be <laughs> <Yep>. Flanagan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and on Friday night, of course, we did the the last drive-in uh, where Joe Bob played uh, Witchboard. And the Devil's Reign, and we all got drunk and chatted about it over there on the Screaming Chat on Discord. Um, and then on Sunday, on Ice Cream Sunday, we watched Class of 1999, which, mm. um, interesting. I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd give it a second shot. It's, it's from that era where there were like a lot of dystopian uh, movies of like, oh god, the the youth, you know, they're maybe out of control. Um, but it, this one definitely seemed to be, uh, more leaning toward the RoboCop dystopia where the, the Ooh. corporations probably the actual issue here. Uh, but it had that guy from the dream warriors, the, the kid who did the puppets. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. So he's like the lead, uh, 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 child in this gang. <laughs> I mean, I guess he's, he's an adult, but they're supposed to be teenagers. Uh, and I don't know if he came in with the idea or, or what, but he is dressed exactly like Corey Feldman dresses now. <laughs> so Michael Jackson. Pretty much, yeah. But it's, it's crazy. <laughs> and it what? feels like he's doing a Corey Feldman impression as well. It's Whoa. interesting. You got to see it. It's very interesting, I think. Like... What is going on there? And I wonder if he really was. If he was like, man, Corey is out there. I'm going to try doing some of that stuff. I'm going to dress insane and 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 uh, re- really bring the Corey Feldman energy. But it, it's okay. I, I I think if I watched it outside of the 
screaming chat, I would have enjoyed it a little bit more, maybe, but not too much more. I found it. I found wow. it fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know, it's funny you mentioned The Devil's Reign a second ago. That is a movie that I have not seen, but I have been personally involved with this week. I was talking about recording oh, yeah. a bunch of new music this week, man, one of which is the next uh, Corpse Master single that we're going to be releasing. Corpse Master mm-hmm. is the for fun uh, horror metal project between myself and Jessup from the Sale of Satan Horror Funded Podcast. Funded by Big Necro. Funded by Big Necro, of course, mm-hmm. the Corpse Masters themselves. <laughs> uh, you guys can find our stuff on Spotify and all that. But all the the tunes that we do are based on a particular horror movie. And uh, Jessup wanted to write the lyrics and stuff on this and based on Devil's Reign because he really digs that movie. Yeah. So that's actually the next one that we're going to be releasing is uh, oh, that's awesome. kind of based on that flick. I need to watch it just so I'll oh, know yeah. what our yeah. own fucking song is about, I guess. Yeah, you should. <laughs> I I was not fully paying attention at that point, but I could tell it was way better than it needed to be. So I'm definitely going to check it out sometime. Though the first movie, Witchboard, God, we have actually already done it on the screaming chat. It is so fucking boring. For a movie where Tawny Katane whips out her taters, it's crazy (laughs) that you're just bored most of the time. Damn, so it's it's really Witch B-O-R-E-D. Yes, that's right. It is which B O R E D. Bored. That's one of those ones I always see like on Prime or whatever, and I've been like, man, which board? Maybe this is cool. I won't watch I, it though. <laughs> you know, I I don't I don't recommend it, but I wouldn't I wouldn't shoo you away from it entirely. It's not the worst movie you'll ever see. It's just kind of boring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, I'll remember that next time I need to catch me a nappy nap or something. I need <laughs> there to put you go. on something where I'll just dream of Tawny Katane like Absolutely. you do. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> now, you know, Steve, the subject of today's show, Zombie Land 2, Double Tap Boogaloo, it is definitely about a group of people surviving a zombie apocalypse, is it not? Yeah, yeah a, a zombie Acropolis, of course. Acropolis, for sure. And you know what? That makes me think about some things that we should talk about in the preview palace. Welcome to the preview palace. Oh, oh, we started brainstorming some ideas about some yeah. other groups of entertainers that we all know and love, <laughs> and perhaps how they would fare in a zombie acropolis. Did yeah. we not? Did, we did do that. Uh, and. I mean, the because the thing that immediately stood out to me, specifically when, you know, by the time Madison is around, it's like, oh, yeah, our group of survivors are really cynical and sarcastic and kind of assholes. Boy, you know who else is like that? The Always Sunny crew. And then I started <laughs> thinking, wait, how would they do in this situation? Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think not well. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. So this is the thing. They always do terribly in every situation, but no matter what, they always survive it and they always get back to each other. So this is where I'm like thinking like, okay, yeah, they probably would fuck up terribly, like probably be the cause of the zombie apocalypse, Mm -hmm, but they'd somehow survive in a bunker driving each other fucking insane for at least six months. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think somewhere in there, like, they also inadvertently, like, 
completely throw Cricket to the wolves and get him fucked over. And Cricket's definitely becoming a zombie, right? Yeah, but by the time they they do crawl out, like Cricket the zombie has organized the other zombies against them. <laughs> Probably, <Yes>. yeah. <laughs> and there's like the McPoyle zombies and shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I can see this working. Yeah, uh, <laughs> for sure. I think uh, D dies first, and that's because Dennis kills her. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> and I think he might also kill Mac and Charlie, too. I think Dennis might kill them down in the bunker. Then he comes out on his own uh, and probably just goes and kills people because he's a murderer. <laughs> I bet you, though. I bet you that fucking, um, uh, uh, fucking Frank is going to get that piece out and just start blasting. Oh, yeah. Sure. He's, yeah. No, I think Frank will survive. Frank will make it. Frank, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Frank will make it to Babylon, and he'll be like, <laughs> "Group sex time." Like, <laughs> yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah. He's definitely there for the group sex element for sure. 100%. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what What do you think about that Seinfeld bunch? They're kind of well, similar yeah, I mean, to the Sunny Crew in a lot absolutely. of ways. Absolutely. Yeah, the basis of the Sunny Crew just being a group of assholes, but these are more competent assholes, of course. Uh, though, I mean. How competent are they? I mean, they it's like George and Elaine always just fall upwards somehow. Right, uh, yeah. You know, Jerry's got an actual successful career going on, and nobody has any idea what Kramer's doing. But when they get together, I mean, at the very least, they'd make fun of the zombies a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's also some kind of really agonizing situation where... Like, George gets turned into a zombie, and he's like, this is just my luck. Of course, this is what happened to me. <laughs> yes. And then also, like, his parents are also turned into zombies, and they're like, George, <laughs> you're not looking so good anymore. George, we got to spend the afterlife like this. Like, I think his parents yes. are going to torment Absolutely. him for the rest of his life as Absolutely. an immortal zombie. <laughs> it's not going to go that. well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Kate and I were talking I, about the survival odds of that crew, and she's like, I uh, think, because I was like, man, Elaine is such a fucking badass. Elaine's making it out. Kate pointed out, it's like, man, Elaine, with those luscious locks, you know, when you got a big mane of hair, that's a zombie hazard. And it is. to grab that and take yeah, you down, man. We right. actually know a person in real life. Who, who got eaten by a zombie? No, oh. but she tried to prevent it as much as she could. She literally kept her hair short because she was so scared of zombie attacks. What? Yes. A okay. real adult person. Yeah. I mean, That's she hasn't phobia. been attacked by a zombie, though, right? She hasn't, as far so, as I know. All right. Maybe she's onto something. She you might know? be onto something. Might be onto yeah. something. I think I think Jerry gets killed pretty, pretty early, uh, and the entire time he's getting eaten, he's just like... Like pointing out flaws of each of the zombies. Oh, mm. you're gonna eat like that. Oh my god. Like <laughs> eats too loud, this guy. Yeah. What's the deal with all the slurping? Oh <laughs> You're probably right. So you're do probably you right. eat it probably the guts? would be entertaining. There's poop in the guts. Do you eat the guts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I would be there to watch that. That's for sure. Yeah, That's for sure. Absolutely. What about the the mob of friends and community, one of our favorite shows? How are they doing? Okay, community, I mean, listen, they have dealt with a zombie outbreak before in so a Halloween episode. Oh my god, it's so good. 
So, I mean, but okay. So that's, that's considering they're in a situation where they're in a contained area, etc. In that case, everybody, but Troy fails, but mm. let's just say, okay, they're outside when it starts. They're also real good at paintball. I mean, true. like Marchman. I'm just saying of the three we've said so far, even though they're maybe more dysfunctional in some ways, they also do seem to like always stay on top in tactical situations, which makes me think they might do pretty good. Eventually, Brit is going to get them killed, though, for sure. Mm, that's yeah, just how I think that's going to happen. Yeah, one hundred percent. She's going to Brit of the situation. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm I'm sure Pierce, uh, where where he t- to not have died in in season five, uh, I'm sure Pierce would. Uh, uh, immediately become a cannibal of some sort, or some sort of like <laughs> yeah, without just, even becoming a zombie. Just yeah, like, ah, just I'm doing what they're doing. Testable individual, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I think I think for sure Shirley would have a rough time with it because you know she's all Jesusy and uh, you know <laughs> <laughs> she'd be trying to witness to him and stuff and yeah, <laughs> sneak him in the back door even though they're already dead. Questioning she why would, she wasn't right. taken up into the sky, etc. Yeah. God, I want to rewatch those first couple of seasons of that show. They're so fucking good, yeah, man. They really are. They absolutely. I are. think Abed figures out a way to ride the wave, though. Oh yeah, I think no, that he Ab- outsmarts the entire thing. Abed and Troy uh, and Annie, probably the three, could survive forever. Though those three mm-hmm. could figure it out, but yeah, everybody else would definitely fuck it up. <laughs> now, one thing that I'm dying to know Let's is if it. one of the Spice Girls is going to survive. Which one is it? <laughs> Okay. Which one of the Spice Girls is it? Okay. Um, well, okay. So, Ginger, right? She was the oldest. Jerry Hollowell. Yeah, yeah. She was the oldest, so she's got a little experience. Uh, Posh, of course, married to David Beckham. She's got a lot of, of money. So, I, I guess I, I guess they all probably got a lot of money, though. They probably do, yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. Sporty, of course. She, she's supposedly more athletic. That might maybe. give her the advantage. You know, maybe she can run. Maybe she can kick a head off a zombie. I don't know. She's supposedly sporty. What um, about scary? Scary Well, we never spice. found out what made her scary. Um, okay, So maybe the thing, there's some, man. like, hidden uh, anger issues or, or something like that. Okay. Here's the thing, though. Kate and I were talking about this over lunch. Okay. I think she suggested the Spice Girls, and she was like, have you ever thought about... How racist it is that they named yeah. the black oh, one scary? Because yes, I hadn't considered that for that reason. Yep, it's racism. Yep, <laughs> just a hundred percent. It's like she's the black one. She's scary. Is that yeah. really yeah. it? Yep. They also dressed her in like uh, animal print patterns a lot too. Yeah, right? it was really racist. Yep. Maybe she's scary because she's been a zombie this whole time. Ooh. <laughs> What, she eats what people. She eats people. Her backstage rider, people. people. That's all she asked for. I need people. several people to eat, please. <laughs> I think the other requests were like, you know, orbits drink with the little balls floating in it. Of course, you got to have your orbits. So be uh, lizard to, milk. To go with your brains. <laughs> yeah. Lizard milk. Oh, Jesus. Uh-huh. So yeah. be lizard milk and people for scary spice. Delicious. Yeah. Zombified, obviously. And, and some M&Ms with all the green ones taken out. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. DLR classic, man. What about mm-hmm. a Baby Spice, man? Baby Spice. I mean, I think she's dead, <laughs> dead in the water, right? I know <laughs> she's for sure, baby. right? She's got the power yeah. of baby. I mean, come power, on, baby power. I guess, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Zombies don't care nothing about eating no baby. They don't care. They don't. They don't. They'll just eat the hell out of a baby. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, she's doomed for sure. Scary Spice. I'd never thought about this before. That's really yeah. wrong. It is very wrong. Yeah, absolutely. It's real shitty of them. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I imagine uh, the people in the music industry in the 90s were all good other than that, right? <laughs> yeah, totally, for sure. <laughs> That's probably the worst thing that happened in yep, the 90s had to music be industry. Right. 100%. <laughs> now, what about a gang of ordinary people in their 20s living in the Big Apple in massive <laughs> apartments that never right. seem to work or anything? I'm talking about some of my favorite people. From my most beloved sitcom, Friends. Yeah, yeah, the Friendzos. I mean, you know them better, but when I think about them, I think they're going to survive at least a month because uh, the bits I, I saw probably the first three seasons of Friends. And the you bits stopped? I've seen, <laughs> I did. Um, You're so a monster. The, the bits I You're have scary. Seen. You're scary, Steve. Okay? You're they, scary. They do tend to just sit around in apartments like in an ordinate amount of time. So I feel like they could just make it hold up in an apartment for a month. And clearly they've got the, the money to, to have all the, the food they need for at least a month, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I think that Chandler is going to have a, a spat of bad luck and probably end up zombified. And he'll be like, could I be any more dead? Obviously. Yeah, his... his, his his lean to joke, right? Could I be mm-hmm. any more? Whatever. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Monica's definitely going to freak out about all the the blood and entrails she's dragged into the house for sure. Oh yeah, she's, she's going to have to be freak. clean in that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Phoebe would be the best suited of all of them for sure. I think she definitely has. She's like, oh yeah, like I I had a friend who was a zombie lived in Greenwich Village thirty years ago. You know. Right. Okay. And then she she also has the that uh, ability to run weird, which will probably make the zombies be like, "Oh, not a human." Probably, yeah. Right. You're probably yeah. right there. I think Phoebe makes it out unscathed. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Great. Uh-huh. <laughs> what about Ross? We hope he doesn't get out, right? Hi. I think the zombies just run away. They just hear hi. <laughs> just, and he's just like, "Oh, I can't even get a zombie to hit on me. Oh, I fucking <laughs> suck." Oh. <laughs> or maybe he gets zombified and then he like traipses into the room where everybody's hanging out and he goes, "Die." You know? <laughs> maybe it's like that. Die. <laughs> Could be. Oh man. Yeah, I think so. And then we got of course Joey. How's he doing? <laughs> how you dying that's yeah, what zombie how, joey says you how you dying how you dying <laughs> <laughs> i like that i would watch this like give me the fucking friends halloween fucking reunion I, give me that I, I can see this doing pretty well how you dying that's that's pretty good and monica our last one how does monica fare in the zombie acropolis Oh, like I said, she's going to have a hard problem with all the mess. The mess oh, is right. going to be Sorry, bad. Rachel is the other one, right? Rachel. Right, Rachel, man. Mm-hmm. Ooh. She's always been the most needy of the friends. Right. You know, she likes things that are nice. I think she's probably going to have a pretty tough time. Ooh. That's a yeah. good question. I wonder if her and Ross's break extends beyond the veil of undeath, you know? Uh, we want yeah. a break. I wonder if that's still an issue. Could be. <laughs> What about Marcel the monkey? 
<laughs> he's he's definitely going to become Marcel the monster for sure. Oh hell yeah, he's zombified. Awesome. Fuck yeah, <laughs> zombie monkey. Looked like that damn thing in that Pirates of the of the Caribbean. Oh like. shit! Soon as the mm. light hits him, he's back to being a monkey. That's right. <laughs> Now, one that I want you to break down for me, because I'm completely unfamiliar with the series, even though it has been on literally our entire lives. What about that Simpsons crew? How do you think oh, they do? Oh, okay. Uh, okay, so uh, the Simpsons have had to face off with zombies before Oh, in, in a in a, a Treehouse of Horror episode. Probably more than one. I haven't seen them all. Eventually... Emily and I will get through through all of them, and then I'll be able to tell you because I guarantee they did Walking Dead one at some point. But the the original first one they did, um, they actually did okay. They did fine, but these were the slow moving zombies, the shambling type of zombies. Mm. These Zombie Land zombies, you got some movers, you got some shakers. True, uh, that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be tough on Homer. That's gonna be tough. But the also. We've seen Homer fall down the side of a cliff uh, twice uh, and, and survive. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just saying. He's durable. They're, in Zombieland 2, they're Homers, but Homer Simpson himself probably do better than them Homers. He'd probably mm. do all right. He's pretty, he's pretty unkillable. Um, okay. It's good to know. Bart would definitely cause some issues, though, for sure. See, in my head with my limited uh, Simpsons experience, I can already imagine a scene where, like, you know, some zombies are taking down a little Bart and they start, like, tearing at his flesh right. and, like, probably mm-hmm. biting at his skull and stuff. He's like, ah, sure. eat my shorts. And then they, <laughs> then they do. And he's absolutely. like, bummer, yes. man, you know? Bummer, man. Yeah, absolutely. Don't, yeah. don't have a cow, et cetera. Yeah. Maybe that's what he says okay. as yeah. a zombie. He says, yeah. don't have a cow. Have brains or something, you know? <laughs> Don't lay a finger on my Butterfinger brain brains, he says. Exactly. Dated joke. If you are under 30, that is not hitting with you. <laughs> nope, you will not know the Butterfinger uh, Bart Simpson commercials. Probably not, at least. I enjoyed a Butterfinger BB. I'll tell you this. Oh, yeah, that's the pr- my preferred way to have a Butterfinger, because... The whole Butterfinger bar, like, man, that texture is just too much for a whole bar. But give me a handful of them Butterfinger BBs. I'm set. Man, I don't know the last time I laid a finger on a Butterfinger. It's been a long time for me. (laughs) It's been a very long time. Hmm. Do you think to appeal to the younger generation, they're going to do a butter ass since all these kids are just eating Mm. ass these days? Hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. I think let me just let me just ponder that one. So we got butter, butter ass, butterfinger to butter ass, because the generations before the current generation, they like to eat fingers. Yeah, they're in the finger blast. Mm-hmm. They yep. like to eat ass. Yeah, so butter ass, hmm. butter ass. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. The new. The new Gen Z Butterfinger is just going to be little butthole pucker shapes. Oh, okay. the BBs you know can come back. There hey, you, go. you know what, though? Butter Here's the thing. BBs. These days, thankfully, with the young people, consent is cool. Maybe it becomes a question, butt or finger. You know? Oh, it's an and or. Okay, so like, would you like to get in my butt or would you like me to finger you? <laughs> 
question okay. mark. All they have to do is take the standard packaging, add a question mark to the yeah. end of it. Now it's rebranded for a new generation. It's okay. It's not the usual options that you're you're given, but that's kind of Butterfinger's thing. Is it's not the usual candy. It's a different angle. Mm-hmm. Listen, Butterfinger, right. fucking call us. We've got you a new ad campaign. <laughs> We're ready, but or finger. We said <laughs> us, you know, middle aged people that are so mature. Yeah, absolutely. We're, We're so adults. mature that we have a podcast. Jesus. <laughs> they won't let you get one of those without being mature. That's how it this works. This episode has really been a grab bag so far. I'm just yeah. going to run some commentary on our own episode that we're doing okay, right now. Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. But, like, there, there's been things about, you know, musical identity, mental uh-huh. health. Right. Um, um, animal names. Um, okay. Butt or fingers. Butt or fingers. Uh-huh. Like, there's been a really just frantically, frantically a wide range of topics covered in this episode. I, so you know, and that is unlike our other episodes. Yeah, totally different for our format. <laughs> All of our other episodes are focused. Look at the reviews. The reviews say, God, this episode so focused. They immediately started talking about the movie in the title. And boy, did I have a good time learning all the things about it. I love you. Uh, signed a listener. <laughs> I would love if all podcast reviews end with "I love you." That would be <laughs> very, you. even very if it's personal. a one star. <laughs> yeah, five star review. They keep it in one lane every time. Absolutely, never, never changing lanes. No tangents in this. Never, ever. Simpsons, zombie apocalypse. There we go. That's right. right. <laughs> That's where we were. Um, you want to do one more? Let's do it. Do one more. How about when that zombie Acropolis breaks out in the hundred Acre woods? Oh, oh, bother! <laughs> you talking about the the folks down there with Winnie the Pooh and old Piglet and Rabbit, etc.? Yeah, huh. and so on. Mm-hmm. That's right. How do you think they're gonna handle this? Well, I think Rabbit's already set. Right, like he's got a bunker ready to rumble. That's true. That's true. He's is Rabbit a lady food. or a man? I was never sure. Oh, I didn't ever think about it. Because I think the voice in the cartoon was a dude, right? I don't know. I always thought that Rabbit was a lady. But now I maybe I, I assume their gender and I don't know why. Listen, it's okay. Rabbit could be non-binary and I'm cool with that. I think Rabbit is going to definitely survive because uh, they're prepared. They, they mm-hmm. got the... They got the garden. They got the bunker. Uh, if I can hate people coming over, mm. uh, that's perfect in a zombie apocalypse. Do you think that Rabbit has some uh, Alex Jones tactical baths ready to go? <laughs> no, no. Knowing Rabbit, I mean, Rabbit, they'd be sitting there listening to Alex Jones just like, you know, fucking fuming because mm. it's a bunch of nonsense. I, I, yeah, I don't, okay. think, I don't think Rabbit falls for that type of shit. Maybe poo though. <laughs> <laughs> he seems well, gullible. Oh, bother! I've heard that it's all a hoax and that this is all going to blow over. <laughs> He's got to get himself stuck in a log and get that ass eat by zombies. What's going to happen? <laughs> One of them Gen X zombies fucking tired of eating uh, a butt or finger and just right. Decides He's to go just like, I want them both. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. The entire time Pooh's getting his ass eaten by the zombies, like, 
Flora, it's making the frogs all gay. We're, we're <laughs> great at, at Winnie the Pooh voices, is my point. Yeah. We did a yeah. great job just now. We're doing a good job. <laughs> I think that, like, I think that Eeyore would be like, finally, it's my time to die. Yeah. Finally. And then oh, it'll yeah. never happen. Like, it the zombies happen. just They'll run by Eeyore. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and Tigger, I think Tigger's just out slaughtering them, bouncing around, happy as hell. Just yeah, uh, probably. The wonderful yeah. thing about Tiggers is is they'll blow a zombie's head off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think you're right about that. <laughs> He's just having a blast, man. <laughs> Christopher Robin, what's up with him? He's dead, eaten by a zombie yeah, he's because he's a little kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know about Kanga right. and Rue either. Like. Having a kid in the zombie apocalypse is is a real hindrance. I feel it's a liability. Like. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're probably on some real like Last of Us bullshit. You know? Oh, like, absolutely. It's getting real dramatic for sure. Uh-huh. Like little 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 baby kangaroos got the cure or some shit. You know? way, that makes the most sense too. It does. They're out in the middle of the woods. That it would be some sort of fungal zombie type of thing. I need that. I need the the Winnie the Pooh Last of Us crossover. Give it to me. Sign me up. Sign mm-hmm. me up. Well, there we go. I think we figured out how some of our favorite entertainment groups are going to to navigate a zombie outbreak in their own little realm. That's right. I think that we did it. Yeah. Oh, I, I had one more I wanted to spring on you. Are you ready for this? Oh, let's hear it. Which of the big four thrash metal bands do you think is going to survive? Slayer, Megadeth, Metallica, or Anthrax? Which one's making it out of an actual zombie fucking outbreak? Which band is making it? I'm going to go ahead and nix Metallica. They're not making it. No way. They're arguing amongst themselves and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I think if Metallica did die uh, first... I think Megadeth just goes next, right? <laughs> Pro- probably, because yeah. honestly, at that point, Dave Mustaine would probably want to die harder right. than Metallica died. Exactly. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking. Like, Dave Mustaine is going to be so pissed they did it first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know there at the end. Who do you think? I think between Anthrax and Slayer, I can tell you that I am so certain that Anthrax is going to make it out alive because they're fucking nerds. Anthrax has always okay. been... Yeah comic book yeah and like Dorks. horror movie and horror novel fucking nerds so they've uh-huh. done the most research slayer might look the scariest sure and sound the scariest of all uh-huh. of them they got the spiked gauntlets they got the tattoos they're playing all fast and they're screaming and wailing and the lyrics are really scary but anthrax the fun party guys they know this shit inside now so i think yeah. they would know how to survive this thing yeah yeah i, th- I think that's right and also uh, you know, because, you know, looking scary to other humans doesn't really do much when it's zombies. Nope. They don't respond uh-uh. to looking scary. So, yeah, anthrax it is. There we go. All right. So that wraps it up. Hopefully you guys uh, can come up with some suggestions of your own about some other entertainment groups and how they might survive a zombie Acropolis. And you guys can <laughs> We keep saying that. <laughs> I know Madison says it. It's so funny. I'm just sticking with it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you guys tell us about those on the Facebook group. Hang out with your boys over there on the Dead and Lovely Facebook group. There's a whole lot of new people that have been signing up and hanging out and having a good time on there. So, yeah, hang out with your boys and everything on that godforsaken website. Yeah. That's a zombie apocalypse of its own right there. I tell you that. <laughs> it is. It for sure is. Yep. For sure, man. Now, today we are talking about one Zombieland Double Tap. 
which came That's out right. in 2019, man. Yeah. 2019. Uh-huh. More recent than I thought. For some reason, I thought in my head, I was like, yeah, I think this came out, you know, 2015, 2016. But that would it make came sense. out yeah. quite a long time after the OG, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that's just, I mean, uh, when you, you go back and you, you look at like some interviews and stuff that came out around the time that the original came out, like the cast was gung-ho to make a sequel. Uh, apparently, uh, Woody Harrelson said to the director, like, I'd never make sequels of my movies, but I'd make a sequel of this, like right after they wrapped. Um, everybody was excited for it. Everybody cool. wanted to do it. The writers, the director, the, the actors. Uh, it was just kind of a matter of like bringing things together you're talking about woody harrelson uh you got emma stone abigail breslin uh you got uh, fucking jesse eisenberg they're all they're all big names uh especially in that that era uh they're gonna be getting other jobs so that kept kind of pushing things off and then of course there was just the deluge of, of zombie stuff for a while where it just wouldn't have been a good time to make a sequel because it would have just been a part of all that other stuff. All the noise, right? And that's a critique that I see about this movie from uh, a lot of people that don't really care for it. Is they're just like, oh my god, this they made this movie too late because all the super mega zombie hype that we had there in the you know 2010s kind of era with shit like Walking Dead and all that, people are like, oh, this this movie came out. It's too little, too late. But you're <laughs> right. I kind of feel like if it would have come out right after the OG, yeah, it kind of just would have been white noise, wouldn't it? Yeah. Now, remind me, what was that show everybody was watching at the beginning of the year in 2023? It was a show. It yeah, was about um, zombies. It's like the most, the the most of, uh-huh. of uh, uh, the most of y'all, right? Yeah. Uh, it was a, this. I've talked about this before with zombie movies. There's always a lull in zombie stuff. There's always a lull. Always. And it's eventually gonna pick back up. It's always eventually going to pick back up. So, swinging in 2019, and and uh, you know this made a good bit of money. It made made 125 million dollars on a like 40 something million dollar budget. So it made its money back and some. Um, you're betting at that point the deluge has happened. You're past this huge hump, and maybe you can bring it back. And they they made their money and here we are four years later and the last of us is gigantic so like was zombies it too never late? go away right. they just yeah. don't they can't that's like antithetical to being a zombie they can't go away they always yeah. come back well i mean it's just like anything else that's a horror icon it's like being like oh man frankensteins are done <laughs> well, I mean, a fucking Dracula movies are. There's like three of them coming out this year. Renfield being one. Like, yeah. The, the, the studios are seeing again. Like, okay, like let's go back through the cycle. Let's try the same stuff again, which they always do. They always try the same stuff again. Nothing has changed about that from the thirties. Oh, humans. On. Oh, humans. Good thing we don't do that in like you know politics and social issues, though. Am I right? <laughs> I mean, crazy. Oh, ridiculous. The twenty twenties are nothing like the nineteen twenties at all. Not yeah, at I, all. <laughs> I I think it's it's interesting that this did come out at a period where. Yeah, we had had a ton of zombie stuff, but we weren't having a ton of zombie stuff when it came out. So, mm. 
it it is an interesting i saw those same critiques it's an interesting critique to me because it's like well actually you're behind like the person writing it is behind because they're remembering five years ago there was a ton of zombie stuff like there's mm-hmm. not a ton of zombie stuff in 2019 there's not a ton of zombie stuff in 2023 but people are interested in it people like it yeah, yeah. and you know of course the other critique of this being that it's largely a replay of stuff that happens in the first one yeah in a way i mean there there are definitely some boxes that are getting ticked here you know it's like opening right. the movie with a slow motion zombie kill montage with a, a fucking kick-ass old school metallica Hell song yeah. over it it's rad i loved it uh, no problem <laughs> in, interactive like title cards and fucking on-screen captions and stuff so yeah I, I guess they kind of are revisiting some of the same tropes that they did in the first movie but to me but- one thing about this movie that works is that it doesn't really try to expand the world and enhance no. the mythology and shit. It's like they just know that you're here to hang out with these characters again. So, yeah. I don't know, let's give them something else to do. It hey, actually remember, can be that simple. Right. It's like, hey, you remember our Zombieland family? Well, you know, uh, here they are again and they gain some new friends and it's fun. Cool. It can be I, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I see those critiques and and you know we're going to get into our critique of it i see those critiques and i just think like i don't know man like what's stuck up your ass did you really just need something to say or did your editor ask you to be controversial or whatever like i know right largely it's i don't it's it's a fine movie is it is it like revolutionary no the first one wasn't either it's fine they're good they're fun Totally. It's not trying to be. That that's one thing about this, man. Like we watched it the other day and I think this is only the second time that I watched this movie. I remember watching it it might have been during twenty twenty, if I'm not mistaken. It probably hit uh-huh. streaming and we watched it and I was like, Yeah, that's fun. That's just yeah. a great follow up to the original, very much the same tone, same kind of directorial style and everything. Yeah, sure. I was satisfied. Is it like my favorite movie ever in the world? No. No. Is it revolutionary? No. It's also no. not trying to. But like no. it never really it never really occurred to me that this is one of those movies that has like a lot of raging hatred around it in kind of the film huh. critique community until I oh, was yeah. at the huh. I was at the gym today and I was like, well, you know, I, I usually do this whenever we're doing a, a movie review on the show. I'll just like watch a couple different movie reviews from people that I don't know just to see random opinions about it. Uh-huh. And there is quite a handful of people that are just salty as fuck about this <laughs> that just hate on it for being what it is, which is uh-huh. more of this universe. And it's like, yeah. what the fuck did you want out of it? I mean, it does stuff different than the first one, and we'll get into those things and why I think, why I think that if 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 you're reading this honestly as just being a rehash of the first one, you're not reading the full movie. Like they're rehashing some things, even some beats. Like you you've really got a, a lot of the same dynamic going on between these people, but they all know each other better now, and they've all actually changed somewhat in little ways but it's not a major change the movie then shows some major changes especially with tallahassee tallahassee has become this is weird to say because watching this he's still not nice but he's become nicer he's become Mm -hmm. more uh, you know he's he's a grizzled father figure who kind of shirks shirks the idea of them being a family in some ways but also very much enjoys his role as this father figure to little rock 
Little Rock has grown up. She is now not the, you know, uh, 13 year old that we saw before. She's now wanting to do adult things, to separate from the family, etc. Like, all those things are playing out, which is, is, you know, coming from the first movie. But then also, you have people like Madison and Berkeley who represent, like, well, this is 10 years later. And a lot of the critiques I saw were like, a lot of the humor seems to be stuck in 2009. And it's like, well, one, in this world, why wouldn't it be? Cause, I know, right? <laughs> but two, they're not noticing, I guess, Madison and Berkeley and how they're providing this interesting foil that shows us like, oh, yeah, those characters we, we love, they're kind of assholes. They're kind of like really sarcastic and mean to each other, and they don't have to be. Some people out here seem to be nice. They seem to be having, uh, you know, a tough time with everything that's going on, but they're trying to make the best of it. Uh, and and so that provides like a different perspective than the first one does. The first one doesn't have that. This one mm-hmm. brings in like, well, yeah, they're they're cynical and they they've you know really let the world uh, falling to shit turn them into these kind of like very sarcastic, very abrasive kind of figures. But not everybody has and that does kind of add some to the world without dramatically blowing it out. Cause we don't need that. This, the movie needs to be about these mismatched people being funny together. Right. Yeah, Totally. Man. And, it, and yeah. it is that. And you know, some of the new things that they, they did kind of add into here too. You know, one of the first things that we see in the movie is that the, the strain of zombies has like evolved and that there's new kind of zombie types that we have in here. Uh, there's uh-huh. like the T-800, like the indestructible one. Right. Uh, the, the ninja one. The I don't know. There's a couple different types. And uh-huh. I there's wouldn't the- say that it ends up being like hyper relevant to the story or anything, but it's a it's a cool new addition that these things are evolving. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the, there's the, the homers and then the, the Hawkings are, are the other two. But yeah, they... they that does play in, though. They, they set that up because they're going to have some zombies doing things that we didn't see them do in the first one which is right just kind of for story convenience though like you know having uh having that one zombie show up right there at the end with the the you know the the them hurting the zombies off the side of the building and that that one that shows up that's a homer who just keeps walking and doesn't even like try to attack them or anything that, that's yeah. kind of the payoff of that but there's not a lot of like, yeah, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't do much other than be funny. I mean, but those segments are funny. Like the, the, the Hawking zombie biting out the eye and using it for the, it's the so good. Oh my eye God. Pattern detector thing. Yeah. That's really cool. I saw a lot of people also, you know, using that, that dated humor thing you were talking about being like, they called a zombie, the Homer, like is the Simpsons even relevant in 2019, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's totally a damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario with right. the humor in this. Where, like you said, keeping it set in kind of relevant topical 2009 stuff, it's like, well, yes, that is how it would be. That would also make the jokes and stuff and cultural references dated a decade later, yeah. But also, if you had them, you know, I don't know, fucking whatever, referencing damn... What's a new thing that young people like? Uh, keeping up with the Kardashians, <laughs> you'd be like, "What? I don't know. 
<laughs> Kids love that shit, man. Maury Povich. They're way yeah. into that. <laughs> Maury Povich. They're referencing Maury. Yeah. People well, will be like, no, no, no. Maury started after the apocalypse. That joke isn't funny. Like, I, I just don't even understand <laughs> these critiques. It's, yeah. I don't even understand these critiques. Like, are these critics... Do 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 these these particular critics think that you don't you the viewer should not put any effort into a movie like the Simpsons movie came out in two thousand eight so for people for whom the world had just ended in two thousand nine the Simpsons is still a very relevant fucking thing to talk about yeah totally so right? okay like what oh well, we, we wouldn't be talking about that in 2019 yeah you would if the past 10 years there hadn't been any new entertainment <laughs> like what well, else would you talk about the whole joke where you know dumbass madison invents uber is so right. funny like this movie it's puts hilarious. it in front of you that like oh by the way the world stopped in 2009 yes. so she's wearing von created, dutch like, right. Yeah. Yes. Like the, everything is supposed to be dated. <laughs> yes. It's crazy to say that a movie that's supposed to be people who haven't progressed past 2009 culturally isn't updated. How could yeah. it fucking be? That's I know. crazy. Of course, of course, it's going to be referencing stuff from 2009. And of course, the humor is not going to progress. But then they know, do right? present these young kids who do represent a different angle, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, this younger generation that's living is in doing Babylon. the work for you. Just mm-hmm. watch it. <laughs> Just Pay watch attention. the fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You do kind of have this generational clash with the the young people that are living in Babylon. This kind of like hippy-dippy, uh, free-love, uh, hippie commune right? that is kind of this, this bastion of zombie-free living. Yeah, and, and they're doing fine. Um, and, and people could say, like, well, yeah, but they get overrun by zombies at the end. If you pay attention, they get overrun yeah. by zombies at the end because of these idiots. Like, yes. the zombies were walking toward the building, but they were walking past it. They took down the part of the wall the zombies got through. Yeah. If it weren't for them, the zombies would have just walked past the goddamn building. It's no, right? Like the movie is not saying our heroes are right. The movie is saying, look at our heroes. Look how they're stuck in 2009. They're stuck in this world. What if they were to come up against the more current in 2019 Gen Z personality type? Yeah, that maybe have found out a way to to live peacefully and zombie free among this thing yep maybe they actually have this figured out this is something that i thought was pretty interesting about this because i feel like if this movie was made in the in the 90s or early 2000s you would have come to find out that this you know friendly zombie free hippie commune had some sinister figure at the top that was abusing right. his power Absolutely. and like, oh no, this idyllic looking thing is not idyllic at all. It's actually really bad. Nope. They don't <laughs> do just this kids in smoking this movie. weed and being cool. <laughs> yeah, like it's fine. Like that's something that really struck me about this is it seems like the people that are living in this uh this community living scenario are doing just fine. <laughs> right. We're not so I like that that's the problem I think is that some people are coming in watching this movie thinking, "Oh, Tallahassee is representative of how we're supposed to think." 
And it's like, no, no, he's supposed to be dumb. He's supposed to make bad decisions. He's supposed to be aimed more at creative kills and killing zombies than ever creating some sort of future utopia. Like, all he wants in this world is to get revenge on these zombies because they killed his kid. Remember the first movie? They killed his kid. So, like, you know, he's going to do things that are dumb and wrong. And the movie can show us those things without, like, saying openly, that was dumb and wrong, but we can gather, oh, that was dumb and wrong. You probably shouldn't have done that. Um, Right. The people that are progressing, the people that are, like, changing and becoming better, specifically Little Rock, Little Rock sees, like, there might be a better future. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about the gun issue, but there might be a better future with this. Uh, And and she, she wants to find her own way that's not stuck in this like very you know uh, claustrophobic family with this overbearing guy who is sweet and wonderful and nice but you know he also is wrong about a lot of things uh, i i think the movie does a good job of setting up that these people need to learn and mm-hmm. that the things that they learn are from these kids in this babylon commune uh, and from madison but like madison is great i think madison is the star of this movie zoe deutsch is so awesome at like channeling that i I mean she's supposed to be dumb but she's also like she's like you cannot beat the sweetness out of this woman like you Mm -hmm. cannot there's nothing you can do yeah yeah that she's she's gonna suddenly become a cynic so they they are kind of seen as abrasive against her. Like when we're seeing, um, oh shit, what is Emma Stone's character's name? Uh, I'm bad with the, the Wichita. state names and shit. Yeah, Wichita, Sydney, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, you see her in Wichita in the back seat, and Madison is just being very sincere, and Wichita is being very, you know, cynical and and kind of yeah. shitty and snarky to her. But Madison doesn't let it get to her, even though she can see it. Like she's not dumb. <laughs> like she she is not bright, but she she sees these things. She just kind of overlooks a lot, which yeah. makes her this this much more interesting character. And I think kind of that's what we're supposed to get out of it is that people like Madison and, and Little Rock and, and uh, Berkeley, they're the future of this zombie land world, and mm. these these others i mean even though you know emma stone and jesse eisenberg what 30 something maybe uh but the 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 old guard needs to fall away for this these kids to create this new world hmm yeah it's interesting to to talk about that culture clash and the uh the commune and all that you know whenever we reviewed the original zombie land a couple years ago i remember we had some good discussion about that how that movie has a lot of kind of coded language about the American Western expansion. Right, About yeah. this, this mm-hmm. quest to get to the West Coast and just murdering everything in the way. And, I mean, they blatantly destroy an entire, like, Native American shop. Like, specifically yeah. Native American stuff. They destroy yeah. it mm-hmm. and revel in it. It seems like that movie was very much about American expansion through the West Right. Uh, and the swath of destruction that we brought. Yeah. And in this movie, I feel like there is still some kind of coded history of America stuff going on yeah. here. Um, I think so. I mean, obviously, our core group that we have is the same from the first movie. And we have all of these 
very, very fucking American things that they're doing. They live mm-hmm. in the White House. They live in the White House. I mean, yeah. yeah. You, you could stop there. That's you the You could stop right like, there, right? Two of them claim themselves to be president and one vice president. Like, they <laughs> they are meant to be representative of, of American government choices in yeah. some way. Yeah. And then there's all the the obsession with guns, fucking Elvis's gun that he gave to Nixon, and then they get obsessed with like I'm, going okay. to Graceland and shit. Like, what's well, more fucking I got, American than that? I gotta talk about that gun because it was I one quibble because I had seen that the gun that Elvis gave to Nixon before yeah. and it didn't look right. And it's because it's not. It's not the same type of gun because the gun oh. that uh, that uh, Nick Elvis gave to Nixon was a uh, Colt 1911 World War II commemorative edition made in 1970. And the one that they have here in the movie is is a more recent, like, just etched model that looks badass. Like, it's a cool-looking gun, but it's it's not the same same type of oh. gun. It irritated yeah, it me a little bit. I don't like know what why. Give, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Interesting. But, know. Anyway. But, yeah, it's like they're, they're pursuing all these extremely, extremely American ideals and then, you know, whenever they encounter this this hippie commune that is living this, you know, communistic lifestyle and honestly doing just fine, like they yeah. don't seem to be attracting the kind of chaos and mayhem and bloodshed no, not at all. that our, yeah. our, our proto-Americans here are attracting. Uh-huh. And um, <laughs> what do they do? They bring the guns and the problems into this commune, which seemed yeah. to be doing fine before they showed up. And then in the yeah. process end up like, you know, tearing down some walls and destroying a lot of the property and fucking driving a monster truck over. Driving a monster truck over a wall is the most That's American thing you can America, do. America, fuck yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it absolutely is, dude. Like, yeah. I feel like this is yet more messaging of when America's just like, you over there. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Why, why could you imagine? What if someone were to attack you? Hey, you over there looking to attack people. What if you attacked them? Right? Like, right? This, huh? this just kind of seems like they're trying to tell us something here. Maybe I'm looking into this too much, but I feel like it's there. No, you're right. It's absolutely there. Like, yeah, I noticed it too. Like that it was it was clear that they caused more issues with this this Babylon commune than the the commune would have ever had on their own and it's it's i I think it's interesting too because like babylon is clearly they they do that fireworks show so they're clearly using gunpowder in in a different way it's like it's almost making a a comment because for the the four main group in our opening montage we're shown them just firing guns, just shooting guns over and over and over. And their guns are representative of them as individuals. Like the guns they're using. They they Oh uh, right, like, yeah, yeah. Like Tallahassee's had that that one gun uh that he keeps on his leg holster since the first one. Um and, and they're always using like the same guns in each scene. So it's like these guns are representative of them as people, and when they have to, when they're going to enter the commune, the commune like burns these down or melts these down and turns them into peace signs, and uses the gunpowder from the bullets to make fireworks shows. Like they're turning this, they're taking their personalities, who they see themselves as, 
and, and and showing them like you can have peace. You could you could be enjoying beauty. You could be enjoying your life. Uh, and even though they do get the zombie overrun, it it, it is our four guys' fault. <laughs> like they did it. They did all this. Uh, and so they did have to resolve it with guns, but it feels like the movie is saying like, as long as we don't create problems, there probably wouldn't be as much of a need for guns, right? Like there I know, be- right? <laughs> like- I feel like it's very much saying that because at the end, yeah. it's just like, you're welcome for saving you from the problem that we brought to you. It's like, right. how many fucking American situations does that describe? Exactly. Yeah. You're welcome. We saved you. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, again, just like with the first one, I think both of these movies are saying something a little bit deeper, but they're doing it in such a way that you don't have to worry about that. It also just is an entertaining zombie movie. Totally. Like, it's fun as hell. Like, there's reference to Shaun of the Dead when uh, Tallahassee and and Columbus run into their exact doubles. Like, yeah, yeah. There's. You know, and if it, all of that is interesting to me because it kind of is saying a lot about Tallahassee's growth. Because this, hmm. like Tallahassee, is the swinging dick in the first one. Like he's just a he's he's the cowboy. He's the like go off half cock maverick type. And then Luke Wilson shows up, and he's in an even bigger truck. He's even more over the top. And Tallahassee has changed since the first one. He's become close with these this group of misfits and he it's it's like they're they're having a little bit of a pissing contest uh, and in fact <laughs> using the word driveway to mean uh uh rosario dawson's pussy and i i think it's, oh, yeah. it's real <laughs> it's real interesting how tallahassee has he has calmed down in some way to the point that he and columbus allow for uh albuquerque and and flagstaff that's uh luke wilson and thomas middleditch to to go out and fight these these zombies instead of them like they they're like okay you go do it and these guys are acting like total like renegades like they they just don't have that family connection to actually even care enough about their lives to be safe in this moment whereas tallahassee is he's thinking about well we're looking for little rock like mm-hmm. he he's changed in some way. And so like showing us Luke Wilson is showing us like, this is who Tallahassee used to be in some ways. And he's mm. changed because he has. And, and, and even if you look at just the way Albuquerque and Flagstaff interact, it's clear that not having the other two there, not having two more people in their group has driven them very close together, but they kind of only care about one another. They just don't mm-hmm. connect with everyone else as much. So mm, yeah, it it, it kind of like even though again it's supposed to just be a silly scene that's kind of homage to that moment in Shaun of the Dead while also giving us some cool kills. Like it's also giving us some bits about the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a little look in look in the mirror, right? Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. very impressed with with that. Like, I mean, just the way that they're talking to each other. Like really trying to one up each other and being almost like brotherly in a way, mm-hmm. uh, but like there's clearly this just I don't know they they're so similar that they can't be friends type of feeling to it. Mm-hmm. For some reason in my head, I thought the stuff with the 
with the doppelgangers was like much more of a part of this movie. Oh it, yeah, it's, it's actually just, a small just kind of bit, like a, yeah. Yeah, just kind of a bit there in the middle. For some reason, I was like, oh, yeah, they go through the whole movie together. But then we were watching it, and it all kind of concludes in that that fucking awesome scene, man. It, it's in that it's in the hotel near Graceland, right? Right, yeah. Uh-huh, the Hound Dog Hotel. Dude, where they, they have that scene where they start turning and shit, and it's like this super long, continuous action scene. And, I mean, I'm sure that they did the entire thing and made cuts and found, you know the best shots of this room. Well, this fall was better in this other cut and there's some clever uh-huh. snips in there. But if you watch the, uh, the extended features, uh-huh. you'll see one long continuous cut of what they filmed. They filmed that entire thing. Continuous start to That's finish. Badass. Yeah, dude, That's it's awesome. fucking nuts. I mean, you're talking about like multiple characters running to and fro to different rooms. There's gunfire, there's weapons, there's falls. It's all the actual actors. There's not stunt people jumping in for that shit. Um, There's dialogue interspersed in between. It's actually really impressive, and they did film it in a continuous take. It's really impressive. That's really cool. I love that. I mean, there's just... Like, this is upping the zombie kills from the first one, where, you know, in the first one we had zombie kills of the week, and they were cool. And this shows us some zombie kills of the year, uh, which which are super cool. I the think hay bale, dude. The hay bale the is hay so bale. good. Yeah, I, th- I think it's really interesting, and I don't know if we talked about it much in the first one, but, like, is there, like, some sort of newsletter going around or something? Like, how do they find out about these? Or a good question. Is, is our narrator, uh, who who is Jesse Eisenberg, who's supposed to be, I guess, Columbus, because he, he is talking about himself as the narrator, Columbus is telling this story. He was telling it in the first one, he's telling it in the second one. Who's he telling it to? Like, yeah. have have are is this coming from a future where they have, like put together like some sort of infrastructure again like is he is he made a movie or is he making a tv show where he's telling people this story i i'm very interested because this one goes way more fourth wall breaky than the first one does and gets gets way more meta and i assume it's oh, because definitely. the the writers uh rhett reese and paul wernick uh wrote deadpool one and two in between and i wonder if that just had an influence on the way they were writing at the time because Deadpool 2 came out the year before this so they were definitely working on the projects around the same time uh, but this this definitely has like some some fourth wall breaks and you know as you said the uber joke like some 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 very meta jokes that are really meant for the audience to understand like get it like this is a this world this joke is about the world you live in but they don't know about that get it yeah like, well, even acknowledging the Walking Dead comic and shit is part of that. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, he's reading the Walking Dead comic, and he's just like, uh, he's a scary but unrealistic. Like, Yeah. Yeah, there's there's like a little poke at another popular zombie product. Like, I I think that they, they definitely, like, threw in more meta humor. So, again, it's like, I don't, I don't understand fully the the critiques that it's just, you know, the same humor as the first one, because the first one didn't have that level of meta humor, even though it had the narrative, the sort of meta narrative going on. Uh, it didn't, it didn't do those other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're right about the kill and the gore and stuff, man. Like for being a 
horror comedy movie, this movie has better looking zombies and better looking kills and gore than most bona fide zombie movies. It really looks awesome. And a lot well, of it's, it's practical I mean, makeup it, and shit. They yeah, look amazing. It is. it is. It's Tony Gardner. Uh, and it's, it's great. I mean, they were doing just, I mean, they, they, they filmed down in Georgia. So that probably helped them a lot. Cause I guarantee there are a ton of people down in Georgia who regularly worked on the walking dead who worked oh, yeah. on this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they were doing makeup on just tons of people and it all looks, it all looks good. It's practical. Like largely, uh, most of the stuff is practical. You got, you know, still some CGI or whatever. Of course they didn't, uh, a guy didn't actually use a car jack to, uh, knock over the leaning tower of Pisa, but no, no. Yeah. <laughs> They should have done it that way, but they didn't. <laughs> Not realistic. I hated I that kill because it wasn't realistic. <laughs> I love it. it. It's so Bugs Bunny. Like it, totally it's, it's, right. It's meant to be. It's it's meant to be silly, and it does that in a really good, fun way. I I don't know. I I don't have I don't have a ton of complaints about the the way the movie plays out, and you know, other than whatever we may have complained about with the first one. I, to me, it, it really is just like, oh, this is a fun little comedy. I I enjoy it. It makes me giggle. Uh, I just watched it, you know, three times for the show, and by the third time was still just like, yeah, it's fun. So, yeah, uh, it is totally fun, man. Like, as yeah. far as, like, any complaints about the, the movie or the story goes, you know, and, and again, it is what it is. It is it is totally like, did this movie need to be made? No, not really. Do you want to spend more time with the characters? Yeah, sure. Okay, let's make up a story about them. Like, I think that it's it's a little abrupt that these characters would have been together for 10 years. And then, you know, one of them's like, well, I kind of want a yeah. boyfriend, bye. And then, like, the... Well, that's you know, Emma Stone is like, yeah. we've been together for 10 years and you just proposed and I don't know if I want to or not well, so i'm gonna leave like those those leavings seem kind of abrupt but again also at the same time we gotta have a story so i can have more time with these characters so i don't really care well, you're assuming it's been 10 years but it never says that okay it never says All it's right. been 10 years and uh i read an interview with the writers who both seem to think it was around five years oh. uh, the director said 10 years Though uh, the the writers also said it could be anyway for three to ten years, because basically what you're talking about is when would a 13 year old who's dealt with this much trauma, how many years would it be before she also was like, yeah, that's a lot of trauma, but I also do want to have a boyfriend. Like, mm-hmm. and she's I definitely mean, not playing 23 in this for sure. No, yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, so I think it's been less time. I, I think five years is probably good. That's probably a good amount of time to assume. And that also then, of course, makes, again, any sort of dated humor or whatever. It's like, yeah, but like, it's only five years old and nobody is coming up with anything new. Like, that's what they're going to be referencing. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like the, the kind of uh, love triangle kind of aspect played out in this after madison shows up okay so i read i did read a review where someone said that they thought that it was kind of uh you know weak to have these two women put in opposition but i didn't see it that way at all i don't see madison in opposition ever 
Madison know, is right? not in opposition. She just had sex with this guy because she wanted to fuck somebody because she likes to have sex. And this, I guess, was his former girlfriend. To her, it's just like, oh, okay. I, whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, what, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah, it's true that Wichita is being uh, mean to her, but she would be mean to her regardless. That's yeah. just her personality button up against a personality that she would never get along with. So I, I don't think it's that. I, I think, in fact, I mean, it's it, it's silly to me to have, because I love Madison so much. It's silly, silly to me to have Madison in this, show her sticking to who she is, being, being a nice, kind person, uh, and, and also everything turning out okay for her. Like... Madison's a great character, well written that doesn't have any real like I, I like I don't feel any bit of like this is this is a bad character for women or whatever. Uh and then also Wichita is the same person she was in the first one. So like it's not like this one made her suddenly, you know, cynical and whatnot. And Little Rock is progressing as a person. And, and and also, like, at the end of, the, you know, one of the things I saw along with that argument is that basically every woman ends up with a man at the end. Uh, but Little Rock, the only one who was actually looking for a boyfriend, ends up single at the end. Like, hmm, I guess so, she, yeah. She sees, like, well, you know, I'm young. I, I don't want to, I don't want to get tied down to this. But the older characters do, yeah, they do lean toward getting tied down. But that's, you're older like that's the way that happens so i i yeah i I don't i don't think that that critique that i saw really i don't think it holds up i i I do think that the the women characters in this are written on the same level with the mirror characters i think a lot of the characters aren't super like quote unquote deep but they are though like the character development is there and it it is happening it's just not supposed to be deep it's supposed to be a fun zombie comedy and it is and it's got yeah. Rosario Dawson in it too it does and she's fucking awesome she does you know she's tricks in the monster great, truck <laughs> like it's so Hell cool yeah yeah she's always great man i think she's yeah. just a lot of fun to have in just about Absolutely. any movie you know Absolutely, she seems super yeah. cool and, and we got our, our our hippie dude in here too what's his name Oh, uh, Berkeley? Fuck, what, yeah, what is the yeah, actor's yeah. name? Uh, Avon Jogia? Dude, he's such just know. a classic That's... college, I just learned how to play acoustic guitar, frat boy shithead. Yeah, like, that actually... His character's great, but he's not like malignant or malicious in no, any way. he's just, he's just kind fucking... of a young shithead. Yeah, he's a young shithead, yes. Uh, I, that did, like, when he, you know, plays... Uh, you know, uh, Bob Dylan there and then claims it's his song or whatever. I did wonder, like, if you, Ben, were in a post-apocalypse situation, let's say it's been 20 years, and okay. a gr- you, you, you're you out there grueling, you know, doing your thing, oh, I'm grizzled old Ben, but you still That's got a me. guitar with you. Yeah. Uh, and you run into this big, like, group of 20-somethings, uh, and they're like, oh, entertain us, old man. Uh, and, and then you, of course, are like, oh, all right, you kids gather around and you start playing songs. What song? <laughs> you get to pick one. What song do you claim is yours? They aren't going to know any better. Ooh. They'll never know. Ooh, the one where I'm like, <laughs> uh-huh. I, I wish I would have written that song specifically. Right. Yes. 
Oh, fuck. <laughs> Damn, this is a list. It is like growing exponentially in my head right now yeah. as I talk. Awesome. Oh, I, for some reason, because I know it would be so uplifting in yeah. such a such a trying time, I might play fucking jump. Might as well jump. 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 Yeah. That's and you tell them the, out. You don't tell the kids that it's about, you know, wanting a guy on a ledge to actually jump off a building, right? Kill yourself. <laughs> Die. Yeah, maybe less of that. Less of yeah, that. It sounds more like, fun if you don't know that. You know, kids, I wrote this because I thought uh, some days you just you just need to feel uplifted. So here's a song called Jump. Maybe it's like that, you know? There you go. Maybe that's my move. I might go for that one. <laughs> awesome. Because <laughs> he could, I mean, like, it, it, it's real funny when he does it because I was thinking, you know, and, and we don't know how many years it is or whatever, and they kept that vague intentionally, but I was just thinking, like, yeah, you probably could get away after 10 years, you probably could get away with claiming a lot of songs were yours if the person was young enough. <laughs> I mean, I also might bust out some gin blossoms on a fool. I might Ooh. hit him with some Allison Road, a little Hey Jealousy, because for hey sure jealousy. they've never heard those songs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd love that. That sounds great. I hope some I'm your traveling jams. companion. So I can, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll be the one who's like, yeah, he wrote it, you guys. I was there. Ooh-wee. I saw yeah. it. Yeah, I was sitting right next to him, and I was like, ooh, yeah, put a comma there. All right. (laughs) I should get some of the rights to this, because I said put a comma there. (laughs) Yeah, give me some of them Acropolis bucks, all right? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I love that they found a way to sneak Bill Murray in here again. Yes, yeah. Love it. Yeah. The the murraying scene was really funny, where Rosario Dawson said, I almost murdered you, and explains that's when you kill someone when you think they're a zombie. Yeah. Uh, that was <laughs> really funny. And Emma Stone saying, this guy's killed more celebrities than cocaine. Hilarious. <laughs> that's also really good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the bits at the end were basically, they're like, yeah, you know, Murray, you know, he was on screen maybe five minutes of, of Zombieland and just kind of got killed out of nowhere. They wanted to show like, well, yeah, actually he was a badass before that. <laughs> So, I love it, and they did awesome. a flashback just so they can uh-huh. have him back in there. He's already yep. dead in this you know world <laughs> that we're in right now. So it's like if we want to show Bill Murray again, it's got to be a flashback. So we get to see fucking Al Roker turn uh-huh. zombie, and he just like annihilates this whole studio, and he's smashing stuff over people's heads and uh, <laughs> killing all these zombies. But it just it's very great. Bill Murray kind of ways. It is. God yeah. damn it, it's um, so good. Yeah, and then there's that very end bit where he's just like trying to do the call because the the interviews he was doing they kept asking if he would do the hairball or whatever. Oh yeah, and then like <laughs> if you stick around to the very end of the credits, uh, you get to see him doing the hairball. <laughs> it's just him going. Ugh, uh, it's what a treasure, dude. Yeah, a uh, <laughs> lot of improv going on for sure in his stuff. For sure, a yeah, a lot. <laughs> I think all of it. <laughs> Probably every single bit of it, yeah. It's Bill Murray. He can. He can, absolutely. Now, Al Roker probably can't, so his that bit was probably scripted. <laughs> could be. It could yeah. be, man. Yeah, it's it's a fucking treat, man. And it's, you know, it, it's pretty short. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It doesn't get overly emotional. Like, I'll say that it doesn't right. really pack the emotional punch of the first one when you find True. out... Yeah, about about uh, Woody Harrelson's kid dying and stuff like that gets a little right. touching for a moment. It this does, movie yeah. never really goes for the emotional depths. I don't think at any time. 
Uh, but yeah, that's not, fine. It can't do everything again. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, I guess the 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 emotional depth would be the moment where where uh, Little Rock saves Tallahassee. It's like you know, in the first one, Little Rock learned she got the shooting tips from Tallahassee that helped her out later, and in this one, he gives her that gun, which. You know, it's like everything he has taught her comes into play in that moment. Because, like, yeah, she gave up her guns, except that one. Like, she, even though she was on the side of Babylon, she was like, yeah, 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 I'll give up my guns, as you guys say. But actually, I'm going to keep one, because I'm not... I'm not an idiot. There are zombies out there. <laughs> like, yeah. It wouldn't be a bad idea to just have some form of defense. Um, so she she's taken all the lessons she's learned from him, and that saves him in that moment. It's kind of, and he says, you know, chip off the old block. It really is like in that moment. Like he he has fathered her. He has mm-hmm. brought her to that moment uh, that that saves his life. So that that's as emotional as it gets. I would say, <laughs> like that's that's as well. Unless also. If you do believe, like, because I, when I watched it the first time, I didn't believe that Columbus had actually shot Madison in the woods when they thought she was turning into a zombie. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just didn't believe it. I was like, uh, he wouldn't do that. He's too good of a guy. Um, yeah. And it, but that moment would be pretty devastating, especially when they, th- like, when uh, Wichita throws her stuff out of the car. It's like, oh, that's so devastating because she was, she's like the ray of light in the movie, you know? It was so so exciting when she comes back you know and she's in that like clown ice cream truck <laughs> yeah the ice cream truck is great uh-huh. man oh that's another aspect of this you know th- this weird family that they've created too is how much uh woody harrelson resents having to drive that shit ass van like he's yeah. become a fucking yeah. dad and has to drive yeah, th- a minivan exactly and that's so much again a representation that's really just solid writing where it's like hey look we're doing some character progression stuff. It's all there, but we're not throwing it in your face. You can just have a fun time watching the zombie movie. But yeah, he's he he hates the idea of having to drive this van. He hates that so much. Very much a representation of him not wanting to fall into this family father role. And even when he has to use it, he resents it. He kicks off the side mirror and stuff, throws that grenade and blows it up when they don't need it anymore. Like I love to that. him, that's the worst thing to be, right? Right. Yeah. But he does it because but he, he does has it. progressed a little bit. Yeah, he's changed a little bit, and that's all we need. We get a little bit of court, a little bit of character progression. I mean, they. I, I saw that uh, a lot of them have said like, "Yeah, we could do this." Again in 10 years. So in 2029, we could see another zombie land. And if it's the same exact sort of thing, I'm okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's totally. interesting. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm right there with you, man. Like with, you know, the future of this franchise, if they do continue a future with it, I would be okay with more adventures with these folks. I would also be very okay with you know zombie land ontario zombie land ah, okay uh mexico city like just give us the the stories of how other people are dealing yeah. with this this zombie outbreak i would be totally fine with a new cast of characters but the same writing style and new rules and new stuff that you know is different sure. because of the turf that they're on i would be totally okay with tales from zombie land i'd be on board with that that'd be a great tv sure. series or something well, they did try to make a TV series. Uh, and oh, both yeah. of the things, the, both of the things you just suggested, they they considered. They they tried to make a TV series, and they also 
you know, considered just doing a zombie land with a different cast of characters. Um, I, I think, yeah, that could absolutely work. I also could just see them waiting 10 years and we get to see Woody Harrelson at like what? 60 something. <laughs> At that point, yeah, uh, I bet he's got like man, a, I mean, a, a rascal scooter that he spray right. painted the Intimidator number three on the side of. Like, they'd have Absolutely. a lot of fun with that. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, he takes good care of himself, so it could work out. Who knows? I, I, but yeah, either way, they because it is an interesting world with interesting like humor dynamics, and and it never really lets you fall too deep into being dismayed at the zombie apocalypse you really are always just kind of having fun with these folks who are in this situation Mm -hmm. yep totally man it is a good easy watch it's fun it's got some good gore and shit in it it's got some really funny stuff in it it looks cool again a lot of those action Uh scenes and stuff are directed really well and really dynamically I don't really have a ton of complaints about this movie dude like I like the first one I like this one I don't see how you could enjoy the first one and be like oh man this was such a letdown blah right. like yeah, unless you just that. want to have a bad time and that's on you yeah yeah no i i i mean if we're if we're coming to a rating I, i'd rate it probably around the same as i rated the first one which i don't know what that was right um, yeah <laughs> uh i'm gonna guess around like a seven and a half to an eight or something yeah yeah i'm uh, thinking like seven and a half ish for me too i yeah. think it seems Pretty pretty fair for this one. Yeah, I don't really get the the hate surrounding this one, especially if you like the uh, the first one a lot. I think you'll really enjoy yeah. this one too. So, yeah, way to go! I will watch more of these if they ever come out. For sure, and uh, yeah. we want to hear about what you guys think about it over on that Facebook page. Hang out with your boys in the Facebook Dead and Lovely group, as well as our other social media outlets like Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. You guys can find those all on our link tree page, as well as right. a link to our Patreon page, where you can That's give us right. dollar papers in exchange for more of us. Yeah, head on over there, patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Become a patron on any level, you get access to our Patreon exclusive episodes. That's the Hell Rankers, the Addendum, the anything uh, that we put up there, which something goes up at least once a month, a lot of times more than once a month. Uh, and we'll have the Batman Hell Rankers coming out soon. But if you become a patron on a $5 level, you get a sm- mo- you get to submit a movie <laughs> to the Smoking Bowl. Uh, and then we, once a month, draw from the Smoking Bowl and we cover the movie that we draw. Uh, just did it with I Come In Peace slash Dark Angel, which was a yeah, blast. Yeah, yeah totally. so super excited to see what comes out this month. Oh, I know, right? Give us some more good stuff on there. So, yeah, sign up today that Patreon page, $5 or more a month, and the next Patreon drawing could very well be yours. The next movie that we're going to be doing here on the show for our next installment here is one that, dude, people have been asking us to do forever, and I can't believe that we've not done it. I told Kate that we were doing this, and she's like, you guys haven't done that movie yet? You guys have been doing this fucking show for, like... Five plus years, 300 something episodes, and you haven't done this movie? And I was like, no, it seems like we have, but no, we have not done it. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. We're doing The Void. Woo! Co-directed by Steve Kostansky, who directed uh-huh. Psycho Gorman. A little bit of a different fare than his average Slightly. movie, but uh, uh-huh. yeah, and definitely uh, if you rank in Hellraiser movies, The Void probably should go on the list. Yeah, definitely in the top three. 
Yeah, right? it's in the top yeah. three Hellraiser movies that aren't Hellraiser movies. That aren't that'll Hellraiser, be the fucking yeah. that'll be the fucking preview pals yeah. for next week. <laughs> Absolutely, that's a great idea. Actually, I can come up with like two or three off the top of yeah, my head me right too. now. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what we'll do. So you guys tune in uh, next week. We'll be talking about that one. It'll be a good old time, and I will be Uncle Ben, and I'll be Hollywood Steve, unless I get a major head injury and then i may be someone else but you'll have to find out about it by tuning into the next installment of dead and lovely (laughs) bye just wear a helmet this week dude bye yeah (laughs) keep it safe The fact that we call it horseback riding specifically lets me right. know there were some spectacular failures that led up to that discovery. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Nobody just grabbed, grabbed a horse around the neck and said, go! <laughs> I just hang on to the tail as tight as I can and let it go where it wants to. <laughs> I like strap on underneath. Fun. <laughs> yeah, I go for that horse tummy ride. <laughs> I just wrap my legs around it real tight and hang on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The horse didn't seem to like it much. We need a revolution in horse riding, I think. Right? <laughs> yeah. It seems that way. Maybe somebody out there tries a little bit of uh, horse neck riding, you know, where you just wrap <laughs> your arms around the neck and maybe yeah, uh-huh. maybe you have a, a third set of legs in front that's helping do the running. <laughs> maybe so, that's how that so works. So it's a human with like... You know, like a like, I guess the same thing you'd hook up to a horse for a carriage. Yeah, but hooked yeah. up to the front of a horse, running as well. I can't see how that would slow the horse down at all. It's really interesting too when you consider that, like, you know, it was called like a horseless carriage, but now this would be a, a horseless horse. <laughs> how disturbing. <laughs> controversial topic among the equine community right yeah the equestrians i guarantee are just fuming like you you can't you can't the horse would be oh no (laughs) what are you gonna do today well i'm gonna go ride a horse ride a horse how which way which way on On its back back or any of the other variations (laughs) are you crazy (laughs) on its back weirdo I'm going to attach a large kite to it. I'm going to get in the kite. (laughs) It's like parasailing behind a horse. Yeah. Another (laughs) failed attempt before the advent of horse back riding, before we put that one together. Horse parasailing. Sounds amazing, honestly. It would be pretty incredible. Maybe like at some point, you you know, you'd get your entire family of four and it'd be like, all right, everybody un- unfasten your belt and belt your leg to a horse's leg and let's all run together. <laughs> Wait, hold on. So you're talking about an eight-legged race. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Only with, it's like a 12-legged race, I guess, at that point. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Awesome. Sounds awesome. I think we should try it. Yeah, give it a shot.